0: Welcome to the Health Leaders Podcast, the place for peer-sourced and solution-focused insights for healthcare executives, airing every Tuesday. I'm Melanie Blackman, the Strategy Editor for Health Leaders. My guest for today's episode is Jean-Marie McGee, a registered nurse who serves as Corporate Vice President and Chief Nursing Officer for Centera Health. In this role, she oversees the coordination of nursing care across the health system, which serves patients in Virginia and North Carolina. During today's conversation, Jean-Marie shares her leadership background, how she is helping address nursing burnout and inspire resiliency at Sentera, and offers advice for future leaders. So without further ado, please enjoy our conversation. Awesome. Well, Jean-Marie, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: To start us off, can you share a little bit about your leadership background and how you became Sentara's chief nursing officer? Sure, I'd be
1: glad to. I actually started my career in Baltimore, Maryland, and I started as a staff nurse at Johns Hopkins, and I was there about five years, and then started my master's program at the University of Maryland. Once I graduated from that, I became a nurse manager in a local emergency department up there and then was promoted to a director. But then I went on to what I thought was my dream job back at Hopkins to be a trauma nurse coordinator. I had been there about a year and realized I had been bitten by the management bug. And I really was thinking, wow, this might be a good time to get back into nursing leadership. And I was contacted by a previous medical director of the ED at Centera Norfolk General Hospital that there was a position open. And so I came down and I interviewed and uh, my husband and I made the decision to move here and so I started leadership at Sentara as the director of our level one trauma center. And then about a year later was given responsibility for our medevac program. And then uh, next year I got uh, responsibility for our indigent care programs. And so it just sort of cascaded from that. I was at Norfolk General for about 15 years and then moved to Sentara Lee Hospital, which is a community hospital here as the chief nursing officer and was in that role for about five years and then was offered the role of system CNO at Centera. So I've been in this role about 12 years and seen us grow and do all kinds of things. So that's sort of a quick thumbnail of how I sort of progressed in this role.
0: And how many nurses does the health system have? So we have about
1: 8,000 registered nurses We have 12 hospitals located all throughout Virginia, and then we have one in northeastern North Carolina. We also have a section of the company that's home health that we actually are statewide for home health, and we have hospice. We also have some nurses in our IT, and then we have a part of our company that is our health plan, Optima Health. And they have quite a few nurses over there, too. So we have nurses sprinkled throughout our organization.
0: So in your role as system chief nursing officer, how are you addressing burnout at the health system?
1: Obviously, we've been through a pretty tough two years, um, just as any other health system and anybody in healthcare through the pandemic. So I think we have really been focusing on making sure that we are staffing as well as we can. And that has been difficult over the past two years. We do have our own internal system-wide resource pool that we utilize. I think also we've really tried to make sure our employees have the mental health resources they need. And not only do they have them, but they have them pretty much online so that they can get to them when they need to get to them. If, you know, I'm a night shift nurse or if I'm a nurse that works different shift, that I can get to that. Here at Centera for about the past 12 years, we have had a very strong nursing shared governance structure and that shared governance structure really serves to lift the voice of the bedside nurse and it also helps us to really pay attention to what's important to our nursing staff. And I think for me, that's part of really ensuring that we're trying to stay in touch as much as possible and understand what they're doing. We're also really encouraging our managers to be flexible in their scheduling, give get people time off when they can. I think the other piece is we have intentionally each year done what we call our staff engagement survey. Even during COVID, we went ahead and did that to make sure we could get feedback from our staff. In 2021, November, we had about 5,000 of our nurses across our system um, lean in and take that engagement survey. So that's another important piece of it. I think one of the other pieces, though, to burnout, I think there was some things going on with burnout across the U.S., before COVID, I think COVID exacerbated it. So a lot of our focus has also been on helping the staff to build resiliency. Resiliency, as I I know right now, seems to be kind of an overworked term, but I think that's pretty important that they take what they've learned about themselves, about their profession, about our organization throughout this pandemic, learn from it, and then as we start to move forward, How do you take the good parts of what you learned and how do you make sure any habits or anything that you may have been doing or participating in before that wasn't helpful? How do we relook at that and not carry that on? Yesterday, I was speaking at a virtual research symposium and also encouraging the staff that were attending to look at resiliency professionally, but also personally. Do you have compassion for yourself? Are you kind to yourself? And, you know, are there some things you might need to adjust in your personal life? And if there are, don't do them all at once. We've been through a rough two years. We've got a fatigued workforce. But you may want to change just one small thing. So I think it's giving them a message of hope and moving forward, but also recognizing we've been through a tough time and really ensuring that people have the resources whenever and whatever they need.
0: And as you had mentioned, you know, burnout definitely has been an ongoing issue. What ways did you address burnout prior to the pandemic?
1: It's a great question. I think before the pandemic, we had certain segments or populations of nursing that it was a bit more difficult to hire for. So I think as a system, we really started to focus in and figure out what could we do to ensure that we had appropriate staffing in those areas. It's also the reason we started about seven or eight years ago our own internal pool so that we really had staff that were available and actually knew what Centera was expecting and quality, safety, professionalism, that there actually are employees. So if you did have someone who was going to be out long term, we could pull one of our, what we call swap nurses to assist at that facility. The other piece we had done was we have managing for daily improvement boards. And so those are boards on every nursing unit. And it talks about some of our patient sensitive measures such as caudies, Clapsies, falls with injury, but it also has some other quality safety metrics. And it has an area where we really document, you know, We've got three more staff members starting. These are their dates, working with our staff and talking to them. I always talk about the staff needs to be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel, and it's hopefully not a light that's going to run over them. But that we do have more people coming on board, or we are offering this, or here's what Sentara is doing about this, that we keep that two-way communication going. We also encourage and actually require that all of our leaders round throughout our facilities. So our nurse leaders are rounding on their units, our administrators are rounding, and really engaging the staff and checking up on the staff. And we did that pre-COVID. That's part of our being a highly reliable organization, but we found that that structure through COVID helped us to manage uh, what we were seeing and what was happening. So because we have daily safety huddles, because we have rounding that occurs, the staff is used to knowing information, understanding what's going on. And we actually continued that through COVID. At one point we were having daily huddles with all the chief nursing officers, the chief medical officers were all meeting. And then three times a week, We would have an update for the vice presidents and above to cascade down to their teams, down to the front lines, so everybody was getting the same information at the same time. One of the things we struggled with during COVID was things were occurring and happening so fast and changing. You know, the CDC would change this today, and the next day they would say this. One of the complaints we used to get was, you keep changing things. And it was part of our information was that's because we're learning more and more as a nation about COVID. And as we learn it, we're really trying to pass that information on to you. So I think a couple of things we really look for is that we really look to make sure we are communicating and that communication is two-way and that employees feel comfortable giving us feedback saying, this is what I'm feeling. I think that helps quite a bit with that whole piece around resiliency, engagement, which are you know the opposite of what we would call burnout or sort of the antidote to that. So I think it's our communication. I also think we had great partnership with HR throughout COVID. They really made sure that employees got extra time if they needed it, If you were exposed to COVID or out for COVID, we had a a sick bank that you could utilize that was for COVID. We also ensured that we made sure we were watching the market, and our nurses across our system got some significant increases to their base pay rate as we were watching the market. We were very sensitive to that, and we were also sensitive to that making the nurses feel valued. And that was, I think, an important part of sort of pushing back some of the burnout is that we are asking you to do more, but we also value you at the same time.
0: It definitely sounds like the workforce and burnout has been such an important focus for Sentara even before the pandemic. Well, what other initiatives have you been leading for the health system, either around, you know, nursing and workforce or even beyond that?
1: So I am the executive sponsor for customer experience across our health system. So that's
0: something that's near and dear to
1: my heart. I think it's really important that we try and really ensure that our patients and their families have a good experience. I always talk to people that we are taking care of people at some of the most vulnerable times of their life. They may have been given some bad news, they may have had an acute event occur, but I even point out that having a baby, which is a very joyous event, is also a very stressful and vulnerable time for our patients and their families. So I I lead the customer service and really believe that's important. I'm very key on quality and safety, so I work with our clinical effectiveness team to ensure We really take the time to focus in on our quality results, but more importantly on making sure that we are safe and that we follow our safety habits and that we're highly reliable. I also have responsibility for hospital case management. So that's looking at transitioning patients and um, assisting their families as they're bringing them home or maybe placing them in another form of care. So I have responsibility for that. I still sit on the COVID-19 steering committee. We are still meeting two years later, and we'll continue to meet. And then I have some other interest. I sit on the board for our local EMS system. We also have a degree-granting BSN college within our health system, and I sit on that board, and then I also sit on the board for the Virginia Organization of Nurse Executives and Leaders so some things that are internal and external but all sort of weave together.
0: Oh that's wonderful. And how would you describe your leadership style and how does your background as a nurse impact it?
1: I would hope that I have a transformational sort of coaching leadership style that's typically what I go to. For that, I believe strongly that you can be an excellent leader and be compassionate and kind at the same time, but still hold people accountable for results. I I do try and be as authentic as possible. What you see um, is what you get. I try not to be a person that surprises anyone. And I really, really like to try and empower nursing, but also recognize and encourage nursing to be a great partner to our health system that we are just part of the health system and we need to partner with our health system in their strategic plan or in any of their projects and what they're doing. So I encourage us to also sort of be a collaborative player in our system.
0: Oh, I love that. And then what advice do you have for nurses in the workforce who maybe wanna make the jump into leadership positions or to the C-suite eventually? So
1: I would encourage
0: anyone that has the drive and really wants to be
1: a nurse leader, I think the first thing I would encourage them to do is to sit down and talk to their current nurse leader. Talk to them about their role, what they like, what they don't like. I would also encourage anyone to shadow another nurse leader and actually offer that to my own nurses to shadow. I think that's important, that you see sort of like what a day in the life is because there's many perceptions of what you may see about your nurse leader, but there's many things that they may do that you don't see. I would always suggest that, you know, I believe in nursing. You can always see something and learn something you never knew before. And so I really encourage you to be a lifelong learner and to go back to school if you need to, to get your BSN, your master's. I also encourage that if you're going to go the doctoral route that you really think through and figure out why you might want to do that and what you need to do. Um, I have some people that will come meet with me and say, "Okay, I've gotten my doctorate in nursing practice. Now, what do you want me to do? And it's sort of, well, what would you like to do? You know, what was your intent in going back to school? So, I would also encourage people to interview nurse leaders, other leaders to figure out what is your passion and what is sort of your niche and where do you want to be two years, five years from where you are currently.
0: That's all really wonderful advice. Jean-Marie, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and for sharing your expertise on the podcast. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Melanie. I enjoyed it.
0: And thank you for listening to the Health Leaders Podcast. We'll be back next Tuesday with more healthcare industry insights.